0: Hi, I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Sam M. Walton College of Business. Welcome to Be Epic, the podcast where we explore excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, and what those values mean in business, education, and your life today. Today I have with me Jim Carr, the founder and CEO of Carr & Associates, he was a professor at uh, uh, the University of Alabama.
1: We'll forgive him for that. Um, he and, and is as an ex-Duke guy and, uh, yeah, and a Gator as well here to, in Arkansas.
0: Normally, I wouldn't do a podcast with you. But oh, well, since you. you live in Little Rock, I'll make it. Uh, for sense. 18 years, <laughs> I'm
1: almost, almost an
0: Arkansan, right? Exactly. You are an Arkansan by choice, I think. Yes. You've been chief marketing officer of Mountain Valley uh, Spring Company and many other uh, experiences, but, but right now you've got your own consulting firm. and um, But I really have, was impressed when I went through your materials uh, in particular on some of your work around growing business by managing your message. And so if you wouldn't mind,
1: First of all, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Great opportunity. I'll try to be as epic as possible. Hey, thank you. Well, you already <laughs> know our values. Yes. Right? Good, good
0: job. Um, for those of you who heard that and don't know, EPIC is the acronym for our, the values of Walton College Excellence, Professionalism, Innovation, and Collegiality. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, this idea of message it's so important. And it's
1: so often not managed. And in fact, when I talk about message, because that can be interpreted in lots of ways. People can think about their slogan or their mission statement or their value proposition or whatever kind of the flavor of their message might be. I tend to think about everyday business conversations, um, the ones that primarily uh, face-to-face, but other real-time conversations that everyone around your organization or everyone who knows your organization is already having. And it can seem very unmanageable uh, if you look in course descriptions of even elite MBA programs like, uh, like at the Walton College, and you'll see a lot of courses that are titled Financial Management, Operations Management, Human Resources Management, all down the line. I've yet to see one that says Message Management. And it's, maybe uh, but we it's, need that well we can think about that a bit but it is um in today's marketplace and when there's so much noise in the marketplace competing messages and just so much static that's out there can your value proposition can where do you think of it as your why about the organization can that come through naturally every day and so um I saw some interesting research, and and we would certainly agree that the the online world, the digital world, and communications with social media and and the Internet and and all of that is tremendously important. And yet, even in this more digital age, uh, I've seen research, and depending upon industry, uh, all the way from research Jonah Berger did from the the Wharton School to uh, research that's come out in different industries, that somewhere between 70 and 90-plus percent of word of mouth happens in the offline world. So it's in the, just the natural conversations, again, that people have uh, on the job, over a desk, in the neighborhood, at the ball field, um, at their house of worship, wherever that might be. And, and it can seem um, unmanageable at the same time that we all have this, this real-world sense that it's tremendously important. And so part of what I am uh, working with clients or with students in our program uh, here at Little Rock or wherever that might be is to say it fundamentally is manageable and that if you can be consistently good at it, not perfect. We'll never be perfect. No one ever says the right thing all the time in every circumstance. But if you and your team and your organization can consistently be able to convey the right things on a regular basis, then you will stand way above the noise and will uh, really differentiate yourself in the marketplace.
0: You know, I know when I had my software company, one of the things that I had training on when I started dealing with the media a lot, I went through a course in Washington DC where they filmed me and they asked me questions and they taught me to come up with, you know, what is my message? What are my sub points? What are the supporting points? I don't even remember it all. This is 20 years ago. But I remember it did help me to think about it. And up to that point, you would think, here I am from business, and I have a Ph.D. in business, and yet I didn't know to do that.
1: And that's a very common thing. And you're talking about the circumstance, and and a number of executives uh, have the same sort of thing, whether they call it message training or media training and the like. It's a hard thing to do. First of all, even just at an individual level, how many of us are really good at talking about ourselves? It's still being humble, being authentic, all of those things that we know uh, make for the right sort of message itself. But most of us are too close to it, um, and, and we can easily get down rabbit holes. So it's hard to kind of find those, those things, not only for us to do ourselves, but when you're in the role of a, of a leader, uh, when you're leading a team, leading an organization, other people are looking to you. How do you coach others to do it as well? And when your organizations are training, part of what makes it even more difficult today, I think, than ever is not only the the noise in the environment of how hard it is for your signal to, to stand out.
0: Now, you're going to be teaching some courses for us here in Little Rock through our executive education uh, program on communication, and you have a course called Communicating from Mission to Message.
1: Um, would you mind just telling me a little bit about what that is? Sure. And it's based upon you know, what tends to um, characterize the, the leaders and the organizations that do this pretty well. So the ones that you would look at and say, you know, they, they do seem to kind of be on the same page. They do tend to be effective. They have a, a fan base that's growing, all of those markers that, that make a lot of sense. And an approach that I, I found is a way to look at it. Think of it as a three-legged stool uh, of managing the message. and there, So there are three parts of it. The One leg is, is a message, so you've got to have the right message. And so there's a lot of research now on storytelling, on clarity of message, what are the right words and phrases and examples and stories to use to best represent the enterprise. The second leg of the stool I call the messengers. So it's really the the people, right? It could be your employees, it could be your current customers, it could be your members or partners or friends in the community. All the people who know something about you and what you do who are inclined to help uh, and share the story. Uh, but they they need something from you if you're the message leader they need to know what to say they need to know uh, what's important and they need to have your encouragement Uh, not overly scripted again but but um, they need the knowledge skills and confidence to be able to share your story so there's a whole system there around messengers the third and final uh, leg of the stool is management or really management habits. So given the complexity of organizations today, not even big organizations, just everybody in terms of turnover, bringing new people on, when people go from being worker bees to having direct reports and all of a sudden they have to coach other people in the message. So given um, the rapid changes that happen inside of organizations and how do you keep these messages fresh? You know, how do you get people coached and confident? How do they know the new stories, the new data, the new information, the new insights as they come along? So that it's not, don't think of this as a, a short-term, fixed-term promotional effort. You know, we're going to, everyone, we're going to clear out this excess inventory over the next 120 days. Here's what's what we're going to do. Now, this needs to become a durable competency something that is very intentional and, and is managed over time, and that becomes a long-term competitive advantage. So the three, three legs of the stool, message, messengers, management, um, those need to be in rough alignment, never be perfect, don't worry about perfection. Um, but so when we talk about mission to message, it's really about looking at this model, simplifying things, and then knowing what can you do uh, as a manager, as a leader, someone looks to for direction, they look to for a model of behavior, and they look to for the the habits and encouragement motivation. How can we in a very practical way make ourselves better at this? So we're breaking this course down into those three elements and giving people uh, a, a running start on getting together a personal playbook that they can have for their organization. And the great news on this is when I found is that your message, in many ways, is so much easier to change and manage than your pricing or your distribution or the product itself. Um, Those sorts of things take a whole lot of thinking and time and and testing. You know, you can, within a a few months, change the conversation that's coming from your organization without having to change what you sell or how you price it or even the people themselves.
0: You have lots of expertise around Building a more customer-focused message, uh, you know, learning to apply effective storytelling structures, you creating different lengths of messages, and um, using a con- conversational uh, framework. Given all of your experience and knowledge uh, in this area, is there anything you want to tell our students in particular? If you could talk to students, whether they be undergraduates or graduate students, what would you tell them?
1: Well, I would share, um, I was at the Fuqua School of Business at Duke, and I was one of the younger members of my class, and this was this was back in a previous millennium. So I, uh, I knew uh, coming in, I, I didn't have a whole lot of, of work experience, and so the summer internship, I was in the full-time uh, day program, that summer internship in between the two years, was going to be very important for me, and I didn't prepare for my first big internship interview on campus very well. I, I had gone through what I thought was kind of the perfunctory things of learning, a bit, read the annual report of this business and, and the like. Well, I, uh, So I show up, and, and we're, we bid on half-hour interviews. So we, you know, you, you, everyone lines up and they show up at the appointed time uh, in a meeting room on campus. And, and there was this executive who was there. And I, I recall I had gone out and bought a new uh, gray suit and white shirt, red tie for this interview. It seemed kind of standard thing to do. And I uh, felt pretty good. And this executive um, had on a really, really nice gray suit and white shirt, red tie. I thought this was, uh, oh, okay, we're, we're right here on the same boring corporate uh, page. <laughs> And, um, gosh, we get maybe 10, 12 minutes into the interview, and I got a question that I didn't expect. So this executive said, Jim, if I were to go out and ask uh, some of your classmates what you were like, what would they tell me? Well, I just had the brain freeze. I I didn't know what to say, and I I was a little um, unsure, and then I blurted out something like, well, I'm sure they would say I'm a fun guy and and I was trying to recover As one of those were in the moment I, I wished I could just pull those words back in I couldn't do it and I could tell from that point on that this this person my audience at the time is very important to me but he was no longer taking me seriously it was I was kind of that worst fear of oh he's this young guy and he's just not mature yet so I'm not gonna bring him in I didn't get the uh, the, the visit back at the company I didn't didn't get an offer on in that internship well I realized what had happened a bit so I I did what um, I should have done earlier, which was go to an expert. We had someone on campus um, named uh, Dr. Bob Reinheimer, and he was a real management communication expert. Here's what he did. He he said, I want you to go through an exercise here, and it'll it'll probably be a a couple of weeks for you, but I want you to take out a, a piece of paper there is such a thing as a piece of paper and a pen. And he said, this is something you, you, it would be more powerful for you if you actually write it down and take it with you. And I want you to draw out five columns in uh, two or three rows. So you have, you have this grid. And at the top, each of the columns are going to represent some personal characteristic that you think is true of you. It could be intelligence, creativity, collegiality, whatever that might be. And of said, you can settle on each of those um, and give it some thought. And then take that and test it with uh, people who know you well and will tell you the truth or whether those things really do tend to describe you. And then um, I asked him, so what are the, the rows underneath those columns? He said, those are for instances, examples where you have exhibited that trait, and it could be at work, it could be in your community, it could be in a volunteer organization, doesn't matter, but where you've given evidence of that. And what he had laid out for me, they didn't tell me at the time, but I realized later, is he had said, here's how you can collect stories. And collect stories with a very close intention. What he was talking about there, and helped me do, is in marketing, we call it positioning. It's setting your, whether you want to think of it as your personal brand or your value proposition, it's what is it that's about you? The things they'll remember about you beyond the resume, beyond whatever else. When they're talking about you later on back at the office, oh, I met this guy, Jim Carr, Uh, he was kind of young, but. So positioning is, is super important. The second part of this is networking. And I'll pass along here something that should be comforting to a lot of people. Um, I'm not, a, by the way, a natural extrovert. I'm really in the middle. i what they call an ambivert. But as it turns out, most people are n- neither pure introverts or pure extroverts. They are in the middle, and those are the people who are best at, at conversation anyway. And even those who are more extroverted or more introverted, there are certainly ways that you can network effectively that don't drain your energy and that can build without being cheesy and salesy and that sort of thing. So pay attention to networking. And then the, the third part is conversation. And that really um, connects your positioning to your network is to be able to engage in question and answer conversations Um, Much of the stuff that we that we talk about in managing the message, if you can do that, you will so stand out.
0: People and companies
1: that are good at
0: recognizing one when they failed, two seeking feedback and input, so that three they can pivot or morph, are way more likely to succeed. I mean. I think one of the things that really stood out to me about your story was, you went to an expert that you knew in your school, and you said, "How can I prevent this from happening
1: again?" That's right. And
0: that failure has led to your business. It's pretty interesting.
1: And so there's a, there's certainly some some humility uh, that's involved in this and. We see that a lot. People talk about well, fail fast or fail forward, or you know, don't be afraid, don't wallow in your failures. I could have gone and felt sorry for myself, or I could have been frustrated and said, "Oh, they just don't get it. They don't know how wonderful I am." I could have blamed them. And when I hear um, executives sometimes get frustrated, like, "Well, we need to educate the marketplace, or we just need to an education," no, that is a dead end road, and that is that is a it's impossible. don't don't fall into that trap. Know that if they don't get it, then it's not their fault, but it's a solvable problem. It's a solvable problem and just take a simple, repeatable approach and, and you'll get there and you'll grow faster than, than almost anyone else out there.